I'm Dano, and this is the Read Aloud Dinner Podcast. Remember, this is a weekly podcast dedicated to helping families grow in love together by teaching them how to read aloud as a family. Hey, if you could do me a favor, could you go down and look for those stars? I think there's five of them, and give me an honest review. I'm not asking you to love what I do, I'm just asking, hey, give me a rating. Tell me why you gave me that rating and then tell me what you're looking for. Maybe I'm doing everything that you need. Maybe you say, hey, I need more content. I need more substance. You're too judgy. I don't know. what. I just write it down. Give me some feedback and let me serve you the best way that I can. Today, what we're going to be talking about is we're going to talk about kind of why the Read Aloud Dinner podcast and kind of a launching of this podcast because I haven't done a, really a launch, really. I haven't shared what I'm doing. And then to talk about the launching of another great, exciting thing this week, which is called The Bernstrom Readers, and our first book, The Rex and Palm Hunt Book. But before we get into all that, let's go over the Bernstrom rating framework upon which I built this idea of the Read Aloud Dinner podcast and The Bernstrom Readers. And that will come next. So here's the Bernstrom reading framework. One, set a time to read aloud. Our family reads at dinner. We really like that as a family. And then um, set a timer. So set a timer for 15, 20 minutes. I recommend 20 to just kind of keep you there and learn how to do this. It's going to be painful. <laughs> Like what kind of what kind of cell is that? It's like the worst cell ever. But it's like working out or exercising. I feel like people are like, hey, let's let's push our bodies to the max and sweat and be uncomfortable. And everyone's like, yeah, that's awesome. Because you think you'll look good and be amazing and be healthy. But what happens if you can have a healthier family? What happens if you can have a healthier mind? A just better overall experience at understanding other people. There's so many benefits to reading aloud. So try to stick to it for that 15 to 20 minutes. And then when the timer goes off, you can be done, but just give it a try. Three, read developmentally appropriate books that are, that the family can enjoy. Four, model reading comprehension. My family and I, we were just reading and my my son asked, oh, can can we be done? Can I, can I be excused from the table? And I said, well, I mean, you can unless you want to find out, unless you don't want to find out what happens in the book. And my sons who were about ready to leave the table sat down, asked for more food, and settled in for the story. And I love that how our, I think as humans, we are really designed for story. It's at the heart of what we are as human beings. It's the gift we were given, you could say, is story. I don't think really anyone else, any other creature does this besides us to sit down and tell stories. And the great thing about books is that you can tell good stories without being a good storyteller because it's all written right there. It's pretty amazing. So we're reading and... We got to a part about leprosy. We're reading Kate D. Camillo's book about Frank. And 
he's afraid of leprosy and he's afraid of armadillos because they are the carriers or they spread leprosy. So the kids asked, what's leprosy? And so then we talked about fear and leprosy and, you know, appendages falling off and getting infected and why pain is good for us and how even though it hurts to be burned, if we couldn't feel pain, which is leprosy, you can't feel pain, then we don't know if something's wrong. So pain is a good thing. So we had like a brief moment about why pain is a good thing and fear. And that's what reading comprehension is. And we, I mean, it was a good conversation at the table where we could talk and people can ex- tell what they were thinking and you could, and your children can then share where instead of you're like, you're looking at each other like, well, how was your day? All of a sudden we're talking about armadillos and leprosy and they're excited and now we're talking at the table. And that's what I mean about like, can we spend time together as a family? Okay. Five, use the local library. Six, teach phonics if you need to at about the age of seven. So if they're not getting it on their own, I would, you know, try not to worry too much. And I'm basing this off of studies and what other countries have done. So if your child is reading and it's not going well for them, if they hit seven years old, then start teaching phonics. But otherwise, just read to them and they should pick they should pick it up on their own. And then that's it. So that's the Birdstrom Reading Framework. I just wanted to breeze through that because that's what I've built this whole idea of reading aloud at the dinner table and the Birdstrom Reader books that we'll be talking about in just a moment. Let's go over the mission and the why for the Read Aloud Dinner podcast and subsequently the Bernstrom Readers. Why am I doing this? Well, hello everyone. My name is Daniel Bernstrom and I am starting this podcast. I know this is the seventh episode, but I really believe strongly in this and I'm, you know, rather than writing, I feel like, hey, let's just have a conversation. Now I go by Dano, uh, especially for this forum or this way now dano was a childhood name of mine but like i was like hey let me pick this up for the brunch from readers because dano is my why when i was little dano was the dyslexic kid that could not read he was the kid that was kind of messed up struggled with a lot of things and so when i write stories i think of that kid i think of what did that kid need in his life to help him know everything was okay and help him read? So if I could target the person or the, the child, it'd be like a seven, seven to 10 year old kid. And like, what do I mean? Okay. So like at seven year, years old, that's when I was diagnosed with my eye disease. I have a eye disease called retinoschisis. Supposedly, it's like juvenile X-linked rectoschisis, where I was supposed to be blind by my age right now. And and so then, like, I had to, like, oh, you know, do we teach him Braille and all these things? Like, a seven-year-old is hit with that information. And, like, his life changed. I mean, I couldn't really see that well, I mean, as well as everyone else. But I, I didn't think I was really that weird. But then, like, my vision would start to go down and down and down and down and down. And even today, my vision is not the best. 
can't read everything I should. I need things large print. But that's when it like it hit. Seven years old was like the like if I could think back in my life, seven years old was the time when life started to kind of a the happy life started to unravel. Now I had a lot of fun things going on in my life, but that's the time when that kid needed help. He was struggling to read. He was in first grade again. Things weren't working for him. Now he now he's been diagnosed with this eye disease and now he's going to these doctors, these specialty doctors, and they're like, what in the world is going on? That's who I'm writing to. So that's my why. And that's the kid that I want to help. Interestingly enough, my son, Grace, is struggling with reading too. And he's at the age of seven. And so we've been, I've been teaching him how to read and my wife and I, we brought him through phonics. He's starting to read and, and it's just sitting down with him and reading aloud and making books fun, explaining words to him. What does that mean? Or, or I don't understand that word that I just sounded out. We're starting to go with him at, we're starting to go on this journey with him at the age of seven. So that seven to 10-ish is my my age that I really want to help. So the Bergstrom Readers uh, books that I'm, that I'm starting with our first book, Rex and Palm Hunt, is designed to help kids read. Now it's written in all lowercase letters because when there's capital letters, it's like, oh, like, you know, they know their ABCs, but kids, you know, they learn their ABC, C's, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and they learn this song, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O. So they learn the names of the letters, but they don't learn the sounds right away. So if you could go like, if you could do that, then kids might like learn, start to learn how to read pretty well. But then English is just super messed up because... E and A make an E sound sometimes, or they make an F, like bread. So, like, you know, which, what, what, what is it? Is it E or E? Or So the rules change on kids. So the Rex and Palm books basically follow the basic rules of phonics. They're still, a, it's a fun story. They're not like Sam sat on Bob. Bob sat on Sam. Like, there's more to it. That I mean, that's fine and that's good, but kids are like, I'm bored, I'm moving on. But the Rex and Palm series is about a dog that's a Pomeranian named Palm, P-O-M, and a cat that's a Devon Rex cat named Rex. And Rex and Palm go on adventures and they get in trouble and they do all kinds of stuff. The next book that will be coming out in a couple months is called um, Ninja Rex and Palm. I'm really excited for Ninja Rex and Palm. I think it's going to be like the best book ever. And I'm excited for this one too because this is like the backstory. Like this is how Rex and Palm meet and become friends. So that's what I'm really excited about is like giving kids characters that they can attach to and love connect with, and then have kind of friends to go on a reading journey with, and a book they can understand, and a book that tells a story. 
that's I think my, what my gift was, or that's what I feel like I'm here on Earth to do, is to tell stories for that seven-year-old kid. And I really enjoy doing it. And I, I've the books I've written. I so I'm a you know who, like again like I just explained why I'm doing it. But again, who am I? I am Daniel Bernstrom. I am an author of the books. One day in the eucalyptus, eucalyptus tree, gator, 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 and Big Papa and the Time Machine, the Minnesota Book Award winning Big Papa and the Time Machine. I have two more books coming out this 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 fall, this October, Song in the City and The Bear and a Bee in a Honey Tree. So I publish traditionally through HarperCollins and another publisher named Astra Publishing. But I also have this this self-publishing thing that I'm doing because publishers typically don't like to pick up like these really basic books. I mean, like, cause you have to pay for an illustrator. I mean, there's just a lot of work that the publisher has to do and there's not necessarily a, a benefit to them. So I'm thought, okay, well, who cares? Who cares if I, who cares if I make money or not? Let's just, let's, let's just, put these books together and let's throw them out. I found an illustrator. We worked together. Um, I told her what I needed. She, I feel like she did an amazing job. I loved her, her style and how she was able to kind of tell a story with her art. And, and I've, and we've done six books. We've done six Rex and Palm books so far. I think it was six. So I have one, That'll come out very soon, this week on the 8th, January 8th. And then I have more that I have completely illustrated, and I just have to literally put them into the computer and do all the tech, the topography and all that great stuff that I'm not very good at. But but I, I have a little bit of graphic design background. But put that in and set it out. The main point though is to help kids read. So it's not so much the graphic design as much as it is helping kids read. That's the project. And I have other books. I have another book coming out called Goodnight Pug. Really excited for that one. Kind of spent a little bit more. I mean, I've sunk a couple thousand dollars, two, three thousand dollars, maybe more actually, four thousand dollars into this project. I might not recoup a single, well, my mother's the only one who keeps buying books. So thank you, mother, for buying my books and helping me recoup a couple dollars <laughs> from the thousands I've spent. But I mean, I really believe it. And so it doesn't matter if everyone hates this project and no one buys it. I'm still going to be pushing it kind of an annoying way because I really believe this is the kind of book that I needed. This is the kind of book that my son needed. And these are the books that kids, these are the kind of books that kids need. And I know they're not super flashy and super fun, but heck, I did a heck of a job with it. I told an engaging story. I have fun characters that are funny and they get into funny situations and you're going to love them. You really are. So those are the Bernstrom readers. We're going to start with the Rex and Palm series. And then we, then we have a bunch of other series that I want to build up after that. 
that is why I'm doing this podcast. That is why I am. I just want to like encourage people to read. So I want to get kids reading, but I also want. I want to get kids reading because I want them to be readers themselves. And you're like, well, duh, like that. That's obvious. Thank you, Captain Obvious. <laughs> now, what do I mean by readers? I want them to read aloud at dinner. I want them to have books at their dinner table and have like a little basket. We have a little box we put all of our library books in and we just kind of pull out from the box. We read a chapter book, maybe a longer middle grade novel, or my wife will read some picture books. So we read a lot as a family. And kids, man, they, they love the pictures. We sit at the table and you're like, that sounds like the worst possible thing ever. Hey, if that's your view, then this podcast is not for you. But if you want to grow in love with your family, if you want to connect with them and make lasting memories with them and give them things that will serve them for, the, for their whole life, then read aloud at dinner. I just got an email from someone, and I'm going to try to keep it super generic. Their children are a little bit older. They had been reading to them. Well, they, their children were, you know, kind of, they got them, their children reading through a series of kind of guided books, like, hey, let's do the basics, and they kind of leveled up the books, but they read a lot, of, they read aloud a lot as a family, and now, even though their children are older, they still like their parents reading to them, but how many parents talk about, well, I'm, my kids are growing distant, or I don't really get to talk to them, or Reading allows for that connection. So maybe they're all preteen, teenagers. Try reading aloud to them a book that you know they might be interested in. And even an uncomfortable book that might be, you know, uncomfortable for you and them. I mean, like you think they would be interested in because you can have conversations that maybe that teenager needs. My daughter is eight years old, and she's going to, in 10 years, she is going to be unleashed on the world. And that thought just terrifies me. Not that I don't think she'll be ready. I mean, there's two things going through my mind. One is I have a lot to teach her. There's so much in this world to do. We went to the bank actually today and um, where she started the process of starting her own bank account. So she's going to open up a bank account. Maybe other parents are way ahead of us. <laughs> we finally got to it. So she's going to open up a bank account. We're going to, she's going to start, she has her own like personal piggy bank at home, but now we're going to make it like digital and put all the money in there in the bank and have her learn how to start saving and earning money and putting it in the bank. That's a, that's a lot to do. And it was just kind of a thing that hit me that's like, okay, she's growing up and I don't have much time left with her. I have 10 years. And you're like, don't you want to just like throttle your kids sometimes? Well, I mean, every parent gets annoyed with their kids. But it was just a really special moment to be with her 
We went to Walmart. We bought Yahtzee. She liked Yahtzee. We were at Grandma and Grandpa's house, and she really enjoyed Yahtzee. And we'd played that game together. So we went and we bought it, and then we went to Walmart, and we went to the bank, and then we started opening up that bank account. That's what really matters to children. And you talk about all the things that we can do for kids and all, the, all these things that experts say that really matter. Honestly, it really comes down to spending time with them. And that's really hard. I mean, we think that time is so easy to give to our kids. It is not because it's a, it's a finite thing. It's the most precious thing because I, I can never get time back. My daughter made fun of me and she said, oh, you know, dad, you have more powdered sugar in your beard. That's what she calls it when I, when I, as I grow, as I age and I become more gray, you have more powdered sugar on your face. So you have more powdered sugar in your beard. That's time. It's fixed. It's going away. And I only have so much time left with her. I have to teach her some important things. And books are the way to help broach some of those subjects, especially as we read them aloud as a family. Connecting together, being together, developing those relationships. And I think, yes, can you develop, can you do such a good job developing relationship with your children that one day you're heartbroken because you've done such a wonderful job and then they leave you? There's two things to that. Yes, it'll be wonderful if you're heartbroken because you've done your job. You've connected and attached to your child and you've made them someone wonderful that you want to spend time with. You enjoy them and they enjoy you. But I think the second thing that's important is that if you've connected and attached to your child, then they'll remember you. They'll remember those good times. And here's the thing that's interesting. They'll remember changing with you, growing and changing and learning. So that mom and dad aren't all of a sudden these gurus from on high. That mom and dad get uncomfortable. That mom and dad need to look things up too. That mom and dad learn and grow and change right along with them. That's why we read aloud at the dinner table. That's why we read books. And you say, well, I can't afford books. If you can afford a free library card, you can afford books. So let's just talk about the real issue at hand, which is time. And maybe we'll bring up this up next podcast because I think this will be what's probably the most important thing. Our life in America, we are running, 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 running all the time. Other countries, you could say they're lazier. <laughs> um, or you could say they have a better life perspective, like the French and the Italians and, you know, the Germans and their their unions and how their unions only allow for so much work. I think the pandemic has really allowed us to see that we don't need to work as hard or as long as we thought we once did. 
people are working from home and realizing that sometimes they work more efficiently and quiet than when they're being bothered at the office all the time. So if I could work faster and quiet than in when I'm, or maybe you were at home and you're being interrupted all the time by your kids. I know that happened to me. I'm trying to teach from my office and you know there's kids things going on and i'm like oh i can't i can't grade a single thing because i don't have my office at school where i could shut the door and focus for long periods of time i have children interrupting me every three seconds and i can't move as fast funny how we can say oh you know this is an eight-hour project or whatever without thinking of oh well is this an eight-hour project uninterrupted in silence or this an eight-hour project that's with interruptions and where you have to completely switch tasks from your phone and notifications and so on. I think we've learned or we're learning as a society that time is not as black and white as we thought it was. And especially now, for me, you know, I might have, I'm, I'm a teacher, I teach at a college, And here's a great example of time and kind of the, mm, the, oh, I'm struggling with the word. The, not mystique, that's a bad word. I'll think of it later. Maybe you can drop that in the comment box, the word I was thinking of. So I have some, I have a pretty flexible schedule as an English instructor. So I go to work, I teach, well, here's a good example I'll teach Tuesday, Thursdays, and I'll be done with teaching at noon on on Thursday. And so um, I'm basically done, so I can leave. I can leave the college. Yay! Well, you should feel free to have lots of fun. When I'm done teaching, I am exhausted. Completely exhausted. I don't know what it is about, you know, I love my students. I mean, I, I, I literally... I I love teaching and talking to them and being with them. But at the end of teaching, I am spent and I'm exhausted. And I come home and I can't think. I can't process. I, you, so I have all this time, but my brain is slow. It was as if I had run like a sprint. And now I'm trying to sprint or do something at home. But But I can't. My legs are so tired. I can't move fast. That's what I'm talking about with time. There are some things that you do that literally drain your energy and cause you to be tired. And though you might have time, the best thing for you to do is like maybe take a nap. But you're like, I can't take a nap. I have all these things to do. So you just slowly stagger throughout the day thinking you're being productive when you needed to just stop, rest, and be. My grandmother used to tell me, Daniel, you need to stop and smell the roses. I didn't know what that meant because I was such a like workaholic that I was like, no, I have to work all the time. And even now, you know, you know, I'm, you know, here's a great example of my winter break. So I was off during winter break, and so what was I doing? Well, I was revising a novel for my for my agent. So getting that novel all set up and ready. I'm getting my four classes ready for next semester. I am launching a brand new book. I am doing podcasts. I am. I finished two revisions of two picture books. 
sent oh three revisions of three picture books sent those off to the you know agents and editors and that has been my break needless to say i am very tired i am tired i'm exhausted i didn't really have a break because i was working all the time and i'm gonna walk right into teaching and i mean frankly i might get more rest teaching than i did you know doing all this all this other stuff So America, we're just running, running, running. We're going here and there. And then we have all these different activities. And we we, we get to the, like, we have Instapots. The, you, know, you know, the slow cooker was like the fast thing. And now we have Instapots. We have these 30-minute meals. We have fast food. And for some reason, for some reason, we still don't have time. We have all these hacks to make things faster. And yet, we don't have time. And that's the real issue that's going on right now. So for those that are skeptical of the Read Aloud Dinner podcast and the Read Aloud Dinner method, let's just talk about time. I'm, I, and I'm really, I'm really hammering guys here because I think like we're the ones that work, 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 and go, 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 go. And we struggle to stop, spend time with our families, be with people and honestly we we give up a lasting we give up a lasting impact on our children and on others when we do not manage our time well when we are pulled here and there because of finances we need more money or because you know we really want to we really need this to get like i really wanted this just because i want to do it those things are important, but we're literally being ruled by it. And no matter how many life hacks that I could give you, no matter how many Instapots or fast food or free fast food that I can give you, you will still not have enough time to sit down with your family and read with them until we address the issue of why do you not have time? What is going on in your family? What is going on in your life? Why are you, what's the issue that's keeping you from doing what your heart knows it, well, not knows, from doing what your heart longs to do, which is to connect, to be loved, and to love in return. That's what we're going to talk about in our next podcast. Thank you for the time that you have given me on this drive, or maybe you're cleaning your house or your kitchen. I appreciate it. This is Dano. I will see you next week. Goodbye.